here's a message from Ken Lavica. The Super Bowl, it's three days away. I suppose we should actually start talking about, like, what's happening on the field. Stone the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. All right, I suppose I'm ready for football now. My burnout from the divisional round and the championship round, I'm all ready for the Super Bowl. I'm ready to talk about on the field, okay? I promise we have gotten ourselves to that point. Ken Levicka Live Thursday edition here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker, I am on the move. I am not in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. In fact, I am in Bowling Green, Kentucky, on the call of FAU Western Kentucky basketball tonight. So I'm on the move. ESPN 106.3 on the move, delivered by Brightline. Brightline's back better than ever. Live life on the bright side. A guy who is in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the Intracoastal, is Friday Night Lights, Stone Lebanowitz, and... Because it's Thursday, that means that we have the station mother. She is the show queen. Queen, yes, queen. It's Keely Ferguson of WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. You see her beautiful, friendly face on television, and she is in her typical Thursday spot. Keely, it is so good to hear from you. I've missed you dearly over the last seven days. Hello, ma'am. Hello, kid. You know I got to give you some grief, though, already. Please do. Top of the show. Please do. Please do. How are you going to introduce Stone before me? Uh, here's, how, here's what I wanted to do. How am I the do. queen and you introduce the court jester before the queen? I'm just playing Stone. Uh, no, but, I love that. Please keep doing that. Uh, no, here, here's what happened. Um, I was what they call in the business trying to stall for time uh, for you. Uh, because I, I had a feeling, I know your routine. You come into the studio and since I can't see you, since I'm in Kentucky, uh, I can't see you, I figured you're going to do your routine. You come in, you grab the disinfectant uh-huh, wipes, you uh-huh. wipe down the microphone, get your purse uh-huh. settled in. Uh-huh. Sit down, put the earphones in, earbuds in. I was, I was just trying to to help you get settled in because I don't want you uncomfortable. I, well, two things. Um, one, I didn't know you were gone. We got to talk about this, Ken. Maybe I should just look at the the FAU <laughs> basketball schedule and then I'll know when you're gone. Because I was confused. I was like, okay, wait, we're doing the show, right? Is mm. Ken gone? Nobody mm. told me. I see. I don't know your name, baby. What's your name? Cyrus. Baby boy Cyrus was sitting in your spot, and I said, "Well, now who is this? That's not can't. Are we? Do we have a guest?" L- literally, ten things ran through my head, and so that's why I didn't come in. I was actually here. I've been here for probably like eight or ten minutes at this point. Oh man! And I was like, "What? Now wait, I'm confused." Uh, and so it, it, I went in the other room, trying to settle my confusion, and just and wasn't sure. And I said, "Well, obviously, because I actually went into our office area, and yeah. I was like, well, maybe Ken's out there." And all I saw was the big bobblehead of you, and I said, "Well." That, <laughs> Well, he's not here. <laughs> well, I guess he's out. So let me just go in and figure out what's going on. So that was really, that was why you had to stall for time for me because I was really trying to figure out <laughs> figure out where was, is where is my co-host. What right. was ha- and you know we have yeah. so many new teammates. So I just yeah. and everybody's got a mask on. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> now I will say Cyrus, he is a a clean cut gentleman. He looks professional, right? Like right. So, if there so I was, thought maybe we had a guest host. Yeah. So, well, I don't know who he is. He's cute. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, little, yeah, little yeah, handsome, for sure. Little handsome hey, devil there. Could you call him Baby Boy again? I like that. <laughs> baby Boy Cyrus. Yeah, I like that an awful lot. Uh, well, no, here's everybody's one. a baby to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just means well, I'm old. Well, here's the thing, Keely, is at like 98% of the radio shows in this country that are remote this week are out in L.A. for the Super Bowl. Right. And then there's this show where I'm remote <laughs> from Kentucky. Like, right. I, I, that, that's really the reality of this show right now. And uh, we do have NBA trade deadline, by the way. We have a couple of deals. We'll get through them. Uh, one that maybe impacts the Heat, but maybe doesn't, was just made, including or involving Goran Dragic, who's headed to San Antonio. We'll go through the full rundown in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to talk Super Bowl because I don't know about you, Keely. I found myself drained by the the drama, the last second insanity of the division round, and then of both the AFC and NFC championship games. It's getting to a point where now I'm ready to focus in on the fact that there is an actual championship football game on Sunday prior to this I've just sort of been like wow I, uh, the Super Bowl, yeah, I know it's coming. I know it's on the way, but not really caring about what's going to happen on the field. I suppose I need to get myself fully to that point, right? We're like 72 hours away. Well, I, I mean, I think I think you'll be fine. Even if you don't get yourself to the point until Sunday morning, I think you'll be okay. I don't think anybody's going to call you and say, Ken, <laughs> we need you. We need you. wake up. Yeah. Get yourself together. But I also think I was just having this conversation with your BFF, Brian McLovin Rowitz, mm-hmm. last night. And we were just really realizing we hadn't heard a lot about what's happening in the Super Bowl. It's just been, you know, you hear a lot leading up to the Super Bowl. I've covered a Super Bowl before, and there's a lot that happens. But I think the players, it always sounds like player cliche, but when they say it's just another game. Now, we know that part isn't true, but as far as the way they prepare, it really is. The way the media covers it, it really is. After the craziness of, you know, the first media day, after that, it really is just a regular week. Having said that, I think because we, and I know we're going to get to this, but because we've had all the stuff that has happened with Brian Flores, with the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. with the NFL, with Roger Goodell, yada, 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 this entire last seven days, the Super Bowl really kind of took a back seat. And I think that's why we weren't really paying a whole lot of attention because there are a lot of stories to be told leading up to Super Bowl week, but other things were just a little bit more exciting. That's a good point. Like, football was is. still front it. and center. I, I, you are, and you are gospel, and Jeez. I appreciate that. Get and you're coherent, which is helpful on this show. <laughs> but, uh, but you're you're right, though. Like football was still front and center, but it was a totally different aspect mm-hmm. of football. And you're right. It totally like think about it. The last well, last Thursday, we spent the entire second hour talking about Brian Flores, mm-hmm. and that was when we still could have been talking about the conference championship games. That I mean, you're you're right on with that. I also think that there is something to this matchup not being as attractive. Storyline rich is probably the better way to put it. As it was last year. Think about it. Anytime Brady's mm-hmm. involved, mm-hmm. that's going to be big time. And you're going to talk about legacy. But also you had another legacy question in Patrick Mahomes, who was facing him in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time we had seen a, a, a home team actually play at their home stadium mm-hmm. for a Super Bowl. Before that, it was Patrick Mahomes. Is this going to be the first championship of a Hall of Fame career? Uh, anytime you have a, a Super Bowl with Mahomes in it, it's going to be storyline rich. This one, it's Joe Burrow's fun, and he's cool, 
and the Bengals are an awesome story, but what are they known for? Sucking. So they've been sucking up until now this year. They've suddenly come out of nowhere. And then there's the Rams. And no one cares about L.A. as a football market. I think the, the initial reaction is to always just sort of spit on L.A. as a, as a, a football-supporting community and just say, oh, these people don't deserve it. They have bought their team the way they built their team. There's, there's not this feel-good, other than Joe Burrow, aspect to this. Because, yeah, the, fine, Bengals, long-suffering, but they're known for sucking, just being sucky and sucking and doing sucking things for an awful long time. And then the Rams, where it's just like, oh, they've come out of nowhere. This is their second Super Bowl appearance in four years. Whatever. I don't care. They don't deserve it. I think that also contributes to it. Uh, I agree and I disagree. I agree with the with the whole home team playing in their home stadium. Since we literally just saw this movie last year, it's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I've been there, done that. That part is not that exciting. But when you talk about Matthew Stafford, I, I'm, just, I'm just pulling for Matthew Stafford. I don't know anything about him as far as him being a person, but this is it. Like we got to. So this, we, this is the year. <laughs> so when you it. watch Sunday, like mm-hmm. you are, you're going to because people like us who don't root for for winning teams, especially me. Like right. you, you tend I to don't. send your allegiance to the Saints. I do, and you've at least had some and the good Cowboys. moments. <laughs> and the, well, and that's the problem. That's your fault. Uh, <laughs> me, I've aligned myself with the Bears and Dolphins, which is right. like just sticking a, a sharp uh, object into my groin over and over and over again. <laughs> this uh, is the second week in a row you've talked about your groin. Do you have a problem? <laughs> no, I. You know what it is? It's self-loathing. So anytime, anytime that I need to self-punish, uh, hypothetically, it comes via the groin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but so you need to find other reasons mm-hmm. to pay attention mm-hmm. other than it just being the Super Bowl. Like I'll watch for all the prop bets, and we'll get to those later. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch for the the aesthetics and the colors and all. It's all fun and good. But I want something to latch onto. Now there's an FAU component to this, Keely. There is an FAU player who is going to win a Super Bowl regardless of what happens Sunday. Trey Hendrickson, pass rusher for the Bengals, or Buddy Howell, special teams extraordinaire for the Rams. So that makes me feel good, but then mm-hmm. that also means that I'm not rooting for one side in particular. I want to see the Rams win, not because I think the city deserves it or because they're a great story or because they built their team uh, in a, you know, just take all our money manner. I want to see guys like Aaron Donald win. I want to see guys like Matthew Stafford win. I want to see Odell Beckham win. All of these for different reasons. Stafford, because he was in football purgatory Mm -hmm. for his entire pro career. Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald, because he has done everything except win a championship, and he's arguably the best defensive player of our generation. And then Odell Beckham, because all people want to do is crap on him. And he's been a huge addition to that team. And for him to be able to wear a ring and flaunt it and say, hey, Cleveland, want to hate on me? Eat this. Hey, New York, you want to hate on me? Eat this. I kind of love that storyline. I, okay, I think that's a good storyline, too. But I also think there's so many things you say and so many things that I want to unpack from from what you say. (laughs) But let me say this. L.A. fans get a bad rep because when we think L.A., we think silicone. (laughs) We, We think fake. We think pretentious. We think wealth. We think all those things. All that is true. I'm not going to say that that is not there. But there are a lot of just regular, average, everyday people in the Los Angeles area, particularly in the Inglewood area, particularly 
and greater Los Angeles, all the wealth and all that stuff is not in L.A. or in L.A. County. It's Calabasas. It's Santa sure. Monica. It's, sure. You know, it's all basically all the places where, where you can go up. <laughs> Anytime you yeah, start going up right. towards a mountain, that's where the money is. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the where elevation means more green. Exactly, exactly, because the views are beautiful. But so, so having said that, I, I think that those fans get a bad rep because if you if you think about when the Raiders left LA and how many people were so upset about it, think about when NWA first came out and they were rocking all the Raider stuff. You mm-hmm. still have a ton of those fans still in that area, and a, and a ton of the former. L.A., then St. Louis, then back to L.A. fans that are still there. So I would say that as now you see L.A. fans, that's different. USC fans, big fan base as well. So I think that, one, the fans get a bad rep. I wouldn't say that they don't deserve it. So uh, let me unpack that part. Okay, okay. But again, I just think that so many other things this these this past seven days took the shine off this Super Bowl because we would have been talking about Matthew Stafford being in – in football purgatory mm-hmm. for his entire career. But that just got overshown by Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins and Brian yeah. Flores and the Dolphins. Yeah, and, and we know the storyline. And, and this is where I, I want you to listen to this, Keely. This was um, this was your boy, Stephen A. Smith, today. Why is he my boy? Because he's black. <laughs> hey, you brought to that place, not this guy. He really, he really is my friend. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, in, like in real life, we are acquainted. I actually feel like he'd be a great person to hang out with. Is he as intense in like personal time as he is no. in <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all he speaks like a normal person <laughs> <laughs> well this is Stephen a the performance artist earlier today on first take uh talking about matt stafford versus joe burrow i want you to i want you to listen to this and see what you think about this here's Stephen a smith uh who is calm off the microphone according to bff keely ferguson here's Stephen a the bottom line is this Matthew Stafford has had big-time moments, had a lot of game-winning drives, phenomenal numbers. We know what he brings to the table his first, four, his first 12 years in Detroit. Had it won a single playoff game, not one, 0-3. First of all, that means you missed the playoffs nine times, went to the playoffs three times, and then didn't win the game the three times you win the playoffs. But we continuously pointed to the Detroit Lions being a member of that organization, how that served as an impediment to his success. Fair enough. He comes to L.A., all right. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He beats Kyler Murray in Arizona. They weren't ready. DeAndre Hopkins being out didn't help matters. Then you go up against Tom Brady. Okay, yep. you up twenty-seven to three. Gave up that damn twenty-seven to three lead. Uh, even though he did, he did, he could, he delivered the goods, connected the cup. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Okay. I, I like how you brought that back. I didn't, I didn't forget that. But okay. the bottom line is, when you score on football, the other team gets the ball. Okay, which means that you had an opportunity to stop the bleeding, and Tom Brady almost took you out. Forty-four-year-old Tom Brady. That's it. Either here or there. Then you go against San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. You handle your business. You can't go to your home turf, which is so far stadium in Los Angeles, California, where you're where you are now what you now call home and lose to Joe Burrow. You can't do that. You cannot do that. Now yeah, you can't you can't do that. Yeah, I agree with that. And so for me, I'm looking at the way Joe, because Joe Burrow's a bad brother now. He's, He's something a special. He's a boy. bad brother. He's something special, okay? <laughs> and Jamal you. Chase is something special. Yep. We'll see what's going to happen with him and Jalen Ramsey. We're looking forward to that. But you Matthew Stafford talking about Sean McVay or whatever. Yeah, you the coach, you here. They got to go out and play. And, and, and Matthew Stafford is his guy. 
You got the ball in your hand. You a veteran. You ain't no second-year player in your first full season like Zach Taylor's got with Joe Burrow. No, this is Matthew Stafford. You got to close the deal. There's no question about it. Nope. There's more pressure on him than Sean Mc. Uh, We're going to do that thing where this is Matt Stafford. Stafford. He can't on his home field lose to Joe Burrow. I I just... I, I, I hate that thought because you've already gotten to this point. And, Stone, you can back me up on this. Dan Orlovsky uh, on, on Get Up a couple of, what was it, like seven days ago, said that it's a failure if the Rams don't win the Super Bowl. A failure of a season because they compiled all this talent and they have such a small window. I honestly think like the hardest part is done. You can't say this Rams team is a failure, and you can't say Stafford's a failure if he doesn't beat Joe Burrow. I can't stand that narrative. I honestly think I'm impressed with the what the Rams have been able to do in one offseason. They went from, uh, we're sort of teetering to, here we are back in the Super Bowl. I mean, for, for me, Keely, the hardest work's already been done. It has. You, you called on stone. I see you want Stone to talk. You want me to talk? No, no. I was just <laughs> referencing Stone. Not time oh. for him yet. Oh, it's not Stone time. Not Stone it's time. Always Stone time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, seriously though, I agree. Again, I agree and I disagree with you. I'm not taking a hard line in the stand on anything so far this show, but I understand what Orlovsky and Stephen A. are saying. I don't. I never believe that seasons are a failure. The entire seasons are a failure when you get to this point and you lose the big game. If you lose the big game, yeah, I don't believe that to be true. However, I do understand what they're saying. It's kind of alluding to what I was saying at the top of the show. Where he has been, Matthew Stafford's thirty-three. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of this might be it. You know what I mean? And now, a lot of people think that in general about going to the Super Bowl, about how hard it is to get back. Yeah, could Again, be for the Bengals. You never know. Right, true. But there's more upside to Burrow than Stafford as far as we're talking about longevity. Now, anything could happen between now and next season. I'm not wishing anything on anybody because obviously we saw Tom Brady play to 44. However, that is not the norm. <laughs> he is an anomaly. The nor- And Matthew Stafford, you would argue, is an anomaly as well. The average length of time for anybody to stay in the NFL is three and a half years. So yeah. the fact that he is not just in his – he is past 30 and still in the game and now playing at this high level, I think we can't say that anything that he does is a failure. However, I do understand the sentiment because this likely is – his last shot at doing this. Keeley's rooting for Matt Stafford. He's a good story. Un- well, I- unless my husband starts rooting for Joe Burrows, and then you know I got to change. Oh, you got to go. You got to go with uh, with your boy, yeah, not I'm- Stephen A. But your husband. Exactly. So, yeah. Listen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that break to, up a happy home, kid. Good God! <laughs> I am being very destructive right now. Uh, uh, but Ke- Keely, it, until until her husband starts rooting for Joe Burrow, Keely, right now, as of Thursday afternoon, yes. is it wants to see Matt Stafford win. For me, I, I think the Rams are full of guys who advocated for themselves. Matt Stafford, especially OBJ, or well, his dad definitely advocated for him. <laughs> Uh, but he's in a position. I just I like that. I like guys that took advantage of trying to dictate their own path instead yes. of others doing it for them. And that's why I'm rooting for the Rams. So as we sit here three days outside of the Super Bowl, what is your on-field rooting interest? Is it a team? Is it a specific player? We're 
we're in football mode now, but uh, there's a lot of us here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast who don't have a dog in this fight, especially a team in this fight. So what is your on-field rooting interest for this Super Bowl on Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Uh, now Friday Night Lights, I do want to uh, – your rooting interest in this, Quinn, because you don't have a dog in the fight either from a team standpoint. No. I know you're all quarterbacks all the time, you being a, a former high school football quarterback ace and uh, a playoff uh, winning college quarterback at the Division One level, but where are you focused here? What's your on-field rooting interest? I mean, I know you're not a huge fan when I go junkie, but you know I'm a junkie, so that, that's kind of where my answer is going to be. Offense. My simple okay. answer is offense. I think where this game is headed, not the Super Bowl, but football and the NFL in general, is around you know putting all your eggs in one baskets and having the skill players and having the firepower. And I think on both sides of the ball, they're on, on offense at least, I mean in defense for L.A., not necessarily Cincinnati, but there's so many guys to look forward to. And with now teams going forward on fourth downs and trusting analytics – it's just interesting to see that like this Super Bowl probably won't play out like any of the ones we've seen in the past. So I'm excited for all the skill players and to see how offense really just kind of controls the game. Keely, did you, uh, did you hear anything definitive in that? That's okay. Offense. <laughs> so so you're rooting for offense. <laughs> He's rooting for offense. Stone. Is that not definitive? No, like we were, I, I was going more said, for If he'd have said, you know, I just want to see a good game. That's well, not definitive. I got I'm, your back, Stone. I'm just, you know what? I'm going to say I'm rooting for punting. I, I basically just did the same thing. Like, I'm rooting for punting I mean, in this game. I mean, for me, it's Matthew Stafford, and I've told you that a hundred times. I think if you're siding with Stephen A. Smith and Dan Olofsky in the sense that this season's a failure for L.A. if they don't win the Super Bowl, I think you aren't a Matthew Stafford guy. I think anybody go. who's rooting for Matthew Stafford doesn't really care if he wins or loses the game, but will feel bad for him if he loses it. So we all want to see him win. I there don't you go. stand on There that. you go, Matt Stafford. See, Stone is signed on to Matt Stafford, and I think part of it is, and I like the <laughs> fact that he, he traced it back to Stephen A. and Dan Orlovsky because that's the true nature of the show, which is petty. Stick it to those guys. <laughs> Stick petty. it to those guys. I like that. Your on-field rooting interest in the Super Bowl on Sunday, player or a one of the teams for a specific reason. I'm just curious because we're very far away in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. We are distanced from anything rooting interest-wise with the Bengals and the Rams. What are you rooting for? What are you angling for on Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweet at us, at KLV1063. That's my personal Twitter, so don't abuse it. I don't need Jack Assery in my Twitter account okay uh let's go to david and jupiter david's on ken levick alive what's up david hey what's going on uh i think my opinion on the super bowl is probably pretty similar to a lot of the country there's not a lot of chances for real small markets and their fan bases to get championships and so i'm for originally from indianapolis and i uh -huh. saw what a super bowl win did to indianapolis and how much it meant to the city so I'm pulling for the Bengals for really that reason and that reason only. See, that's good. That is a, a good approach to take to this, David, and I appreciate it. That's how it's done. David comes from the Midwest, comes from the breadbasket of the country, if you will. Right, Keely? That's what they call it? 
I don't know. <laughs> You're from the Midwest. I have no idea. Uh, I just know y'all uh, have man. interesting accents. That's all I know about the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know and what's it's crazy? Cold. It, it, it is very cold. Like Michigan is a scourge on society. Um, but, but yeah, like David's looking at a small market, and you're right. It's rare that a small market wins anything, especially especially in, in football. And this is good. That's why I think people root for Green Bay. I think that before they started going to every Super Bowl, that's why people were rooting for Kansas City to an extent. But you have a big market, L.A. They've had a team back for four years, and they're in a second Super Bowl. And then you have the Bengals who, as, as, as I mentioned, Keely, they are known for sucking. And it's, they have an opportunity now to, to win the Super Bowl. That's good. David's rooting for the small market. That's how it's done. What is your on-field rooting interest? Because, again, I can't imagine there's a lot of people listening right now that they're fans of the Rams or the Bengals in Palm Beach County or the Treasure Coast. Your on-field rooting interest Sunday is what? I think we're across the board, Stafford, but I'm going to extend it to the guys who advocated for themselves as well, including Odell Beckham. I want to see the Rams win because a lot of guys on those roster, this is – their last chance or a late chance in a career and they realized, you know what, my situation is bad. I need to get somewhere where I can win. I like that. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter, at KLV1063. And you're going to win, and you're going to be allowed to advocate for yourself, and you're going to be put in a position to succeed with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, the title sponsor of Ken Levick Alive. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, 22 years of doing it. Now, that legacy window, it's not closing. It's wide open and they adapt to the times. It's like it's like the Rams. You need to go get skilled players. They went out and did it. Well, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program knows that you need to start focusing on NFTs and crypto. That's about to become a big part of the sports business world. They teach all of those things. The adjunct professors are in the sports industry. This is your path to the sports industry. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, internationally renowned. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Sign up for summer semester and fall semester classes now when we return we continue to talk super bowl also mike mcdaniel introduced today in miami gardens as new dolphins head coach we'll hear from him as well what he had to say in his first official public appearance as Dolphins head coach. She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. She's the show queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. I've been saying it since he was hired. Mike McDaniel is unlike any NFL head coach we have ever seen. And he had his press conference today uh, to be introduced as the Dolphins' new head man. And it definitely did not disappoint. Thursday, it's one of the best days of the week. That's because I get to spend time with Keeley Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Even if I'm like 1,700 miles away, it just feels right. Keeley's in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach. I'm Ken Levicka, and uh, I am in Bowling Green, Kentucky at, uh, at a hotel. Uh, so uh, I the reason is, deal with you. yeah, yeah. And I, hey, I'm just hanging out. I'm hanging out by the business center, and uh, we're all set to go. I've got some coffee, and uh, you know, here's the thing: when I'm traveling, and I'll keep this quick because I actually did want to get something done this segment. Um, I I drink cafe con leche all the time because, as you know, Keely, I'm Cuban. 
Um, I'm Cuban by yeah, I'm Cuban by marriage and by um, you know what I've helped to spawn into this world. Not spawn. (laughs) What's the difference between cafe con leche and coffee with milk? Uh, Cafe con leche uses Cuban espresso, which is um, meth. (laughs) And you take that on the road with you? I don't, and I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cuban espresso is is morning meth, if you will. <laughs> and so once you get hooked on it, you're not coming off of it. So any sort of coffee, uh, even Italian espresso, it just doesn't have the type of potency that um, that Cuban espresso does. And so I okay. always, on the road like this, I'm always like four or five cups of coffee a day as opposed to like one uh, back home. And ah. so now I'm on like coffee number three right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, you should try Cuban espresso. I think it's really going to get you going. Can I think there's something there with uh, maybe getting us a sponsor or something like that? Get us closer to Mario Cristobal and the boys down there. Ah, uh, yes, a little cafecito with Coach Cristobal. I kind of oh, like that, actually. I've already sh- got a name with it. Joins the show once a week and we drink yeah. espresso together. Kid know about four together. Spanish words, and I swear. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, man. You can tell I've practiced them, though, because they come out okay. I know four of them, and I, I've repeated them over and over. Cafecito with Coach Cristobal, I think, is a great segment. And <laughs> if we wanted to get some Cuban coffee company on board, hey, I hope sales are listening. Hope you're listening right now in the ESPN West Palm offices. Let's get on it. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Um, I, I don't want you, Keely, to be, um, I don't want you to be concerned because we had Stephen A. Smith's thoughts on Matt Stafford and how you can't lose to Joe Burrow. Well, don't worry. Max Kellerman and Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you hear them 6 to 10, 10 a.m. every day here on ESPN 106.3. They had similar thoughts, but it was about the Bengals. All the bases are covered. Stone, let's hear what those two had to say about Joe Burrow and the Bengals this morning. Oh, you don't have that? Okay. All right. Well, never mind. Uh, Stone doesn't have that. Uh, they said basically that, hey, Joe Burrow, um, what does he have to lose? Well, the Super Bowl. Everything. And they were pretty adamant about it. So, I mean, here's here's the thing, Keely. Here's the mm-hmm. point is – I mean, people are going to think that both sides, for different reasons, have the most pressure on them. And that pressure discussion is an easy place to go to. I assure you both sides are feeling the exact same pressure. It just so happens if you're talking about real life here, it's Mm -hmm. obvious that the older team, there's probably to fans a greater urgency to win it because the window probably closes quicker. So Mm pressure is probably not the right word to use. I think the timeliness is probably the right word to use. Timeliness, the Rams probably need to win this. No, I I, I agree. And, you know, my dad said this once. This was years ago. He said he hates when announcers say things like the team has nothing to lose. He said, yes, they do. The game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. But I, but I understand the sentiment. Now, of course, if you ask the players, they would never uh, agree to that. But I wonder if there's just a little piece of them that if they lost, if Joe Burrow and the Bengals don't win, if he gets over it in three days, as opposed to if the Rams lose and Stafford doesn't get over it for like a month. Yeah, I think Stafford's going to be okay, though, because he played for the Lions. 
I, I just I feel like that's hardened you. I know that it, you've gotten to this big game and it's a career aspiration and it would be really tough. But again, I feel like something happens to you internally and <laughs> and mentally when you played for the Lions for your entire career. By the way, yeah. good news, Keely. Mm-hmm. Stone actually does have the audio of Max Kellerman and Keyshawn Johnson. So instead of me paraphrasing off the top of my head, let's hear what they had to say here on ESPN 106.3. We think of Joe Burrow as he's about to become the face of the league, potentially. Oh, my God, the biggest winner, da 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 All of a sudden, Matthew Stafford flips the script, and it becomes all about Matthew Stafford. And we're going to be asking questions. Can the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl? Is Joe Burrow overrated if he has a bad game, all those things? like it, How it, strong it, is the AFC? How, yeah, can it look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson's going to get there. All these got Justin Herbert. So, so the swing in terms of what it means for that whole franchise plus the quarterback between winning and losing this thing is huge. They have plenty to lose in the Super Bowl. You're losing the damn Super Bowl. You don't want to be the guy sitting at the end of the bench at the end of the game watching the other team sit there with your head leaned back looking at the sky with little tears trickling down as they drop the confetti on the other side. That's not what you want to do because you may never get back. Keely kind of sounds like Keisha Johnson's your dad. Like, yeah, you lost the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good point. Joe Burrow is not going to feel good uh, if they they lose the Super Bowl. So again, these discussions about who has the most pressure, we tend to do that in mm-hmm. in sports talk because it's an easy place to to go. And I'm not gonna lie, like I've I've done it. I think it's more of a from a, a timeliness standpoint. Whereas the word is more urgency lie because both teams feel pressure, but the urgency just based on how how the rosters are made up and the key components of those rosters, it's pretty clear Like the Rams are a little bit more up against it than the Bengals are. But I think we do that in real life with anything. Like, you know, if, if someone were to ask either of us which one of your children is the toughest right now? Like you're going. <laughs> you, oh boy, the three-year-old. My sweet <laughs> Jesus, God. You have, but you have an answer. Is my point. Now yeah, that yeah. may that may change as the baby gets older, and now you got preteens on both sides or a preteen and a teenager that may change but in god bless you you, you have two girls mm. what a hashtag uh, the estrogen is real i know i i, I mean <laughs> here's the thing like when when you go two for two like i did in trying because i've got i've just got it you know um it, it's it's really tough to even think about it, the chances that i could have had a uh, a male and maybe broken up some of the drama in the household but you know when when you're back to back like that cuz you've got the the strength and the power it's just something you live with <laughs> you know this is that's my fault that's my fault <laughs> i shouldn't even see you you and i have worked together long that enough where you need fault. to know that you can't lead me into those things cuz i'm going to flex on you yeah, i'm going to flex that that's you know what though if ken if that's your biggest flex in life i think you can have that you all right. can have that all right kids Good. are yeah. a big flex but yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah it is an easy place for us to go in sports talk but it is a fair thing i think people will talk about this at the barbershop or at the sports bar or just hanging around the water cooler. Do people yeah. still hang around the water cooler anymore? Uh, six our, feet, our, water COVID, cooler, six our water cooler, we weren't allowed to use it for a while, so it is working again, but I've never hung out by the water cooler yeah. and talked to anybody at ESPN West Palm. Well, we have a nice kitchen. so people, That's we, true. We hang out by the kitchen. So that would point. be something that we would talk about there. So I think it is a fair question in general because the two teams and their quarterbacks are so – diametrically opposed when you think about their oh, yeah. their longevity in the league if totally. you will. because yes I, not Matthew Stafford and the Rams could lose and they could be back next year 
Joe Burrow and the Bengals could lose and could be back next year. Yeah. Or they both could lose and never get back again. Joe Burrow could never, ever go back to the Super Bowl, yeah. ever. And I and I understand the point, too, if he has a bad game, it could be, is he overrated? But you know what? That's dims the brakes. That's, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Especially now that we have 24-hour news cycle and everybody, and we have podcasts and we have hours that we got to talk about on the radio. We're going to talk about something, and that's what we're going to talk about. By the way, it does make me think, has anybody ever talked around their office water cooler? Do people actually talk around the water cooler? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Because never in my life have I had a conversation around any water cooler, especially one in the office. Why wouldn't you have a conversation around the coffee machine? Why wouldn't you have a conversation in the common area? Who? Where does that term even come from? Because who the hell was having any office conversation by the water cooler? Who drinks water together. I don't understand that. 888-760-3776-888-760-3776. We'll we'll hear uh, a couple of the the key quotes from Mike McDaniel, his press conference uh, from earlier today down at Miami Gardens, new head coach of the Dolphins. But um, before we do that, what I'm curious about, Keely, is just how the cities of uh, the stars in the Super Bowl, the, the, the previous girlfriends, if you will, how they're handling their former stars on the precipice of a championship. And it's really on the Ram side. Like Detroit, I generally get the sense Lions fans are happy for Matt Stafford. Like mm-hmm. He put in his time. He he served his sentence and he got he got an opportunity to do something special. But I also think that it's because the Lions were so bought in on helping him. They organizationally did the right thing. He did the right thing by asking the right way. Hey, you know, uh, new head coach. I'd really like a chance to go compete because I know we're not at that point. And that really set the tone. Like Detroit is legitimately happy for Matt Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. It's like your 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 favorite son goes away, but you felt like okay. Listen, we were we couldn't give you what you needed. It was it was a it was a conscious uncoupling. Yeah, we yeah, knew we couldn't give you what you needed, so maybe you can go find happiness over here. A conscious uncoupling that is perfect. And then there's Cleveland, who's always sad. Like let's be clear, Cleveland is such a pathetic sports town. Because everything with them is, please respect us. We're legit, too. We deserve love and attention. And I honestly thought the Cavs winning a title would cure that. But no, <laughs> that, that woe-is-me mindset just sauntered a couple of blocks down the street to, uh, to, to the Browns. And everything with the Browns is, oh, you don't want to play with us? Well, bleep you. Uh, and Odell Beckham is the target of their ire. I can't tell you how many tweets I've seen uh, over the last seven days with Cleveland media types saying that Odell Beckham quit on them. That how dare you root for Odell Beckham because he turned his back on the city of Cleveland. He was a bad guy. And blaming their current woes on Odell Beckham, which is patently ridiculous. One of the reasons Odell Beckham wanted to leave is because it's clear his quarterback play was subpar at best. And that quarterback, Keeley, is still on the Browns roster and is making sure everybody knows how hurt he was this past season and is making sure that he's most the most dramatic person on Twitter possible. Like, Cleveland is so sad. I, I feel badly for them, but it's so annoying. Just 
stop already. Uh, you can hate Odell Beckham, but he is not the reason the Browns missed the playoffs this year. Uh, that Baker guy is the reason your team missed the playoffs. That this Baker year. dude. <laughs> yeah, that Baker dude. Um, and I know Stone loves him. I know Stone loves his swagger, but I I I think it's so sad when a city throws so much vitriol over. Let's let's make it clear. It's a wideout. He's a wide receiver. His whole production is based on someone delivering him the ball. And the person mm-hmm. delivering him the ball in Cleveland was the guy who's still leading the Browns offense. It's it's so sad the way Cleveland conducts itself. What do you expect? I mean, they're just I don't What I don't, do you want them to do? Well, I want them to grow up. Like <laughs> because Cleveland they're needs not to the Bears because the Bears have been bad. <laughs> as we know, but the Bears have also been good. The Bears have been very good. So it's easy to go back to say, you know what, we're bad now, but we know what we can be. They've they've not ever been there. No. And then you have somebody that's a star like Odell Beckham Jr. that comes there and says, I hate it. He literally is telling you, I, I hate it. And you're like, well, then leave. Yeah. You know did. what I mean? And so it, so it, it's it's not a conscious uncoupling. This is a bitter divorce. Yeah, and, and but but here's the thing: it's I suppose you should become numb to divorces if you're Cleveland because this isn't the first time that they've had a spouse that has come to that city, including someone from there or from the vicinity of that area, and said, "You know what? This ain't for me. I don't like it here. I'm out." But I mean, it's the guy Elizabeth who eventually Taylor, <laughs> yeah. you think you're gonna get it right? You're like, maybe. <laughs> You know what, Richard Burton, we didn't work out that first time, but may, maybe we can get together again. Was he like her? He was her third, second, and something seventh like, husband. Yeah, something, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it, like even like LeBron, LeBron was like, yeah, you know what, eh, this isn't uh, this isn't good for me. And I like grew up around here, and so he eventually came back and and won them a title. But like Cleveland, just get over it. A wide receiver didn't make or break your fortunes this year. You're subpar, below average, and the numbers prove it. Quarterback who had an anomaly playoff run a year ago, he's the reason for your problems. You're complaining at the wrong person. Stop being a victim and grow up. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Uh, she's here on her typical Thursday run. I want to tell you about Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Pat, he has your back. If you have a complaint, if you have a personal injury matter, if you've been injured in a slip and fall, boating accident, motorcycle accident, automobile accident. It's scary. You don't know where to go. You need someone to advocate for you like Odell Beckham's dad did for him and got him the hell out of Cleveland. Well, Pat Lawler's going to try and get you the compensation you deserve. Lawler and Associates, decades of trial experience. Uh, for a free consultation, wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. That is Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Pat is the man. His firm is outstanding. He has your back. Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Want to lawyer up.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Mike McDaniel, some of his select quotes from the Dolphins head coach introductory press conference earlier today. That's on the way. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. 
across the board. Me, Ken Levicka, Keely Ferguson, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. We want Matthew Stafford. We want good things to happen to him in the Super Bowl on Sunday. For me, I'm going to extend it to the Rams because they advocated for themselves, including Odell Beckham, who rightfully got the hell out of Cleveland, and now he's on the verge of winning a championship. What are you on the field, player, team? What are you rooting for? Here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, we don't have a lot of Bengals fans. We don't have a lot of Rams fans. So what on-field aspect are you actually rooting for on Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Now, Friday Night Lights, Keeley, uh, he, he is sure that he has at least one person in Detroit who is not rooting for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Stone, what is your theory here? Yeah, you mentioned you know everybody was proud of their you know little brother for going on and doing big things, but there's just one person left over there that I can assure is not very happy about what's going on, and that's Jared Goff. <laughs> I mean, literally, Matthew Stafford swooped in. I mentioned to you, you know, took his girlfriend, took his car uh-huh. keys, took everything he owned, said, "You're moving to Michigan, buddy," and and is playing in a Super Bowl. With all of his former players and his former coaches and all that. So, yeah, you just left one guy out. That's a good point. Poor Jared Goff. I do wonder how he's feeling right now. He kind of just got thrown into the scrap heap. Hey, thanks for the Super Bowl appearance a couple of years ago. Uh, we're moving on to bigger and hotter things, and there he is. <laughs> He's been enjoying his offseason for, for quite some time. I think Keely Stone might be on to something. Yeah, but you know I'm already, always going to take uh, the devil's advocate approach, if you will. Is that Matthew Stafford's fault, or is that Sean McVay's fault? So is it the dad that came in and said, listen, you're not good enough for my daughter, so I'm going to bring in this other person here. Well, think of how it went Listen. down, too, Keely. Like, uh, uh, Sean McVay went on a vacation out of the country to Mexico. That clearly everybody goes to. Why are all these people at, the, at was it Cancun or Puerto Rico? Yeah, I think it was Cabo. I actually Cabo. think it was Cabo. Cabo. They're all in Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> they and, all and go to this one place in Cabo. Now, I will say, I've been to Cabo. I went there as a, a high school uh, high schooler because uh, my, my father had won some work trip. I don't know. But it was good. <laughs> it was fun. We went deep sea fishing, and I didn't realize tuna were as big as they actually are. Mm. Uh, Cabo's a great place. I can see why, why people end up going. Uh, but you're right. Like, Cabo is always the place. Cancun, uh, nobody even thinks about Cancun anymore. It's a jilted travel lover. Cabo is taken over as the Mexico destination. But back to my original analogy. Uh, Sean McVay went out of the country to a vacation. He leaves, his, he leaves his significant other, Jared Goff, at home. And by the time he got back <laughs> from Cabo, he had... Uh, uh, he had a new boo. Uh, he had a new boo, exactly. <laughs> and and not only that, then the the significant other was shipped off to a cold and and frigid part of the country, never to see each other again. I mean, it's very very cold. Literally, what Sean McVay did to Jared Goff. Ditch well, uh, again. I like to put ownership on what you can control, because as Jer- Jared Goff, you can't control Sean McVay. You can't control what Sean McVay did. So did Jared Goff do everything he could to stay in the good graces of Sean McVay? Now, is that before, necessarily true? Isn't, I, I don't know. I'm just, the, I'm just, asking, hey, I'm just asking a question. I'm you, with you, you Keely. You got to keep your man happy, right? Yeah. Okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, no. I'm not saying that people should be unfaithful. I'm not saying Sean McVay should have cheated hey, on Jared Goff. 
Your how, heart wants what your heart wants. However, sometimes you sign up for one thing and it's not this is not what you thought. You're like, wait a minute. You I yeah. I, I, I thought I thought you knew how to make cafe con leche. You do not. <laughs> See, once the honeymoon that's how you really know if you, you're into someone. That's once right. the honeymoon period is over, what do you have in common? Do yeah. you still have the, the butterflies in your stomach? And he clearly didn't. They were sleeping right. on opposite sides of the bed, uh, getting up at 2 a.m. And, and he's leaving the room to go text. Oh, I'm just <laughs> sending emails, honey. Like wait, that. Wait, wait a minute. I'm just saying. You know it's what, what, it's what I've heard. Any marriage that survived the pandemic, even though we're technically still in it, but you know what I'm saying, like yeah. survived the 2020 part oh of it. Oh, my God. You are rock solid because when that, never, happen, when that yeah. lockdown happened, I said, uh-oh. Horses are going to go up because people are going to realize they don't yep, like each other. Yep, now you're putting it to the test. Absolutely. Okay. I My marriage has never felt stronger because we actually made it through the pandemic. Uh-huh. And it's not like we're not going back and forth and bickering with one another still. And there's always the stresses of the kids. But right. it, we're like, we know now, like we're a team. This, yep. is, this is not breaking because we survived being together inside, locked in for like a year and a half. Absolutely. Yep. That is a phenomenal point. Uh, Jay is in West Palm. Jay, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Talk to me. Jake. Hey, how's it going? How y'all doing today? Hi, good, man. Good, good. So my rooting interest in the game is, uh, you know, a uh, big lover and supporter of Florida State. So to watch uh, Cam Akers and uh, Jalen Ramsey get a chance yep. to ring, man, I, I love it. I love it. And also to see some of those veteran guys get a chance to win, man, you, 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 it's hard not to root for the Rams. But they got some good quality guys over there. Coaching staff's good quality guys. So I would love to see them win. Yeah, and I think that's a good call. Appreciate your call, Jay. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, that dude, uh, his reputation was talk, 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 talk. But he's backed up everything, right? Even with the Jaguars and now going to the Rams. I mean, we're talking Keeley about a guy who can't stop talking, but he also has established himself as a top five corner in the league every single year. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm all in on rooting for Jalen Ramsey. Jimmy's in Jupiter. Jimmy's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Jimmy. What's up, Ken? Love the show, man. Appreciate uh, you, brother. Can, yeah, man. How can you not root for Stafford? I mean, the guy, like yeah. you said, he's misery in Detroit for all those years. I mean, just a great story. He's not going to be in the league, I don't think, a, a lot longer. I mean, yeah, he'll be there a little bit, not as long as Joe Burrow, but Joe's going to have plenty of time to get there. I mean, it is hard to get back, but, man, the, the Stafford story coming out of Detroit, how can you not root for them? I mean, and everybody in there, you know, uh, Beckham and Ramsey, like you said, and all those guys, I mean, it's just a great story, man. It's a great. I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge LA fan. But, sure, you know, but personally, the, the the personal rooting interests are what's so fascinating with this. And thank you, Jimmy. And the Rams have a bunch of guys who deserve a lifetime achievement award. Have played at such a level where you'd feel really good if they won a championship. Oh, let's go ahead and get set for our number two. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. And this show, as always, is presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Why, thank you, Deep Voice. Thursday means Keeley Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. They are in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. Me, uh, I am Ken Levicka, and I am in Bowling Green, Kentucky. FAU Basketball plays Western Kentucky tonight. By the way, FAU Basketball, Keeley, first place in the East Division of Conference USA. We're on the come up. 
Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Big one tonight. Big one tonight. Um, I, I need to, to tell you, Keely, that I've made the Clevelanders mad. Uh-oh. It happened. I, they're coming uh, to get you? They're coming to get me. I, I, I you went deserve there. They, I, I went at their, their underwhelming, subpar, below average quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and now I'm and feeling the wrath. And you just the keep digging the hole. I'm, uh, glad, I'm um, glad you're in Bowling Green, because if you were here right now, I'd make sure I walked either way in front of you or way behind you. <laughs> I am not get, helping you. Get out of the, uh, the laser sight. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Scott Day uh, tweeted at me. Baker has a fractured humerus and a torn labrum. You would know about subpar and below average performance because that's why you're on at 12 p.m. for an hour, clown. Ooh. Well, first, first of all, all, yeah. Go um, ahead. You you get him, Ken. Yeah. Well, the 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 show started at noon, and it is now what 107 Eastern time. Uh, that that actually makes the show longer than an hour. In fact, Scott. Uh, feel free to listen to the second hour of the show <laughs> that airs every single day here on ESPN 106.3. And also, fractured humerus and torn labrum for Baker. No, I know, I know, because Baker's made sure that everybody who can hear knows how injured he was during the course of the season. It's not just the injuries. All you have to do is look at his performances throughout his career and his lackluster numbers. He had one okay season, which led the Browns into the playoffs. That was an anomaly. We've seen enough of a sample size to know that Baker Mayfield is a below-average quarterback and a big reason why the Browns are losers. Okay? But this is the insecure Cleveland bunch. Like, Keely, this is what I'm talking about. They're all such sad saps. Clevelanders are such, Cleveland sports fans are such sad saps. We get it. You've had so much heartbreak. Ernest Biner, LeBron leaving, setting jerseys on fire, just like your river. Yeah, he left. Yeah, exactly. He left twice. Good point. Oh, woe is us. Nobody likes us. Well, could it maybe be because you guys have this victim complex? Maybe people willingly want to get out because Cleveland sports fans are kind of, oh, I don't know, pathetic, P? Um, I would just like to take this time to say that I am in no way affiliated with Ken Lavica and Ken Lavica's opinions. Retweets are not endorsements. Stone, do you have the guts to sign on to my Cleveland thoughts? Do you no, have the guts here? No doubt. I'll put a huge signature yeah. on it. Because we Stone's go. got bigger biceps than I do. Because we, <laughs> we spent at least two weeks making fun of him crying about his injuries and making sure everybody knew. And guess what? Scott fell for it. Somebody a part of the fan base fell for it. Yeah. And that's exactly why Baker did it. So kudos to you, Scott. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And, and, and again, Keely, this goes back to, and, and we talked about it. Uh-huh, we uh, did. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, after the arguably the greatest game ever played, the Chiefs and the Bills, right at the conclusion of the game, decided to tweet about how unfairly he's treated on social media. I mean, that's so pathetic. But but you're right. Uh, Stone's right. Uh, you once you once you are under the spell of Baker Mayfield and mm-hmm. his below averageness, you start acting in that same manner. So fine, keep keep being a loser and blaming all of your Browns woes on Odell Beckham. You don't have okay? any place in your heart for what they have to go through. I it's don't care. cold. I, I grew Ooh, up in Chicago. Man. I grew up in Chicago. But you grew up. Yes, not, well, no, I don't you act like a, a loser. Nah, here's it. Nah, ah, ah, I'm going to call foul on that. <laughs> yes, you grew up in Chicago. You grew up a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. So that was tough for you. How Second at, team in that city. Up, Nobody though, cares about him. Hold up. That's a choice. You could have easily 
been a fan of another team. Mm. They do, what are their options? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, the uh, the Cleveland baseball team was really, really good. Really, really good. When you were a so. kid, Ken, you pushing 40, sir. <laughs> Thanks we for reminding old, me. We are Ken. When, when, that was a when, long time ago. The Indians turned guardians were really, really good. And is it my fault that they couldn't beat the Marlins in a game seven? Okay. Is it my fault that they couldn't hang on to a 3-1 lead in a postseason series where flies were attacking Jabba Chamberlain? No, (laughs) that's not my fault. But it's not like uh, they haven't had the same sort of sports heartbreak that any other city has. And they're the ones who have the biggest victim complex of any city. You want to know what it is? Cleveland fans and Cubs. Cubs fans, uh, a previous generation of Cubs fans, were the same type of people, Mm -hmm. where it became so trendy and such a common personality trait that they were losers, that they accepted it, and they thrived off of it, and they made it part of their overall personality to a point where now Cleveland fans feel like they have to act like victims and like losers because that is what they've been told to act mm-hmm. like. They need to conform. Cubs fans were like that too. The lovable losers. We are never going to win a championship. Oh, it's just us, the Ivy and the bleacher bums. Oh, man. But then they won a championship mm-hmm. and they're confused because it blew up their identity. Right. They don't know what to do. But Cleveland fans, they're always going to fall back on poor us it's because it is for them but because it is for them like you don't have a soft spot in your heart for that no no. not at all i mean it's kind of like you say that about chicago you said i grew up in chicago but chicago is a great city i've been to cleveland and i've been to chicago Mm -hmm. um i I mean yeah we're talking two different levels because here's the thing i don't i don't want that ire to come at me you know I, yeah, I, my biceps aren't as as big as stones, and I don't oh, run as fast. What as What are kids. Cleveland fans going to do to you, <laughs> Keely? Cry on you? Throw their tears at you? I don't what know, are they going to do? Those are tough blue collar people, and you know, let's let's. Now, apparently, be, not tough enough to. Let's to be clear. Cry I can hold you, my own. I just don't want. Yeah, just, Cle- I Cleveland just don't fans, want to mess up my face. But Keely, Cleveland fans, they're going to say that they're they're tough and they're blue collar people, and then as soon it's as you cold. say something about Baker Mayfield, <laughs> is day, like what's the weather in Cleveland like right? Like, look, uh, let's look that question. up. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look and, up and, the Cleveland. And I have been, I have been to Cleveland, and you know what? I had a good time, and I like drinking in Cleveland, and I like the people of Cleveland. Until you start talking about sports, and then they're an insufferable bunch that you root against. You want them to keep losing because their attitude sucks. But you don't want to take the opposite approach and say, you know what? I I hope you guys win. I there's a. There's a special place in my heart no, because they I don't want to win. Got, they don't want. Okay. Well, no, yeah. because it ruins their identity. That's the thing. If now, I say I, I really hope you guys win, then they'll be like, "Oh, us too." But as soon as they win, they'll they won't know what to do with themselves. They're gonna walk around aimlessly, like walk right into Lake Lake Erie. They're not gonna know what to do. It's a great point. <laughs> it's like Cubs fans. <laughs> Cubs fans. <laughs> Cubs fans. I know have never been the same since the Cubs won the championship because they can no longer talk about how long suffering they are. Right. It's a, it's a disease. And that's Loser true. disease. I can I, I I can get with you on that, but you know, there's a special spot in my heart, though. For I feel for people when they feel like they are mired in this ineptitude and mediocrity, and they don't know how to get out. But I, well, I hear you, so I don't like, root against those people. I I pray for those people, Ken. 
Well, Keely, you should, you should, I mean, you should know how that feels to be mired in ineptitude because you're a part of the show once a week, okay? <laughs> I, and and I, I do formally apologize for that, but I appreciate that you continue on with the ineptitude that is Ken Levick alive. Uh, oh, Keely Ferguson, yeah. bright spot of the week on WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Uh, and uh, uh, let's go to, uh, this should be good, Dave is in Palm Beach. Dave, you're on Ken Levick alive. Hey, Dave. Dave just hung up on us. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Was he mad at us? He might have been. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Dave, call back. Call us yeah. back, Dave. No, I mean, listen, I hope Cleveland people call so that they have some, like, have some guts. Oh. Have some guts. Oh, you call it up the Cleveland people, you Dave? That, Dave? If you're so upset, and Dave might have been a green, I don't know, because, again, I'm not the only one who feels this way. But nobody wants, nobody wants to hear from crying, suffering people all the time. Like, try, you know what, move to, move to Louisville, right? <laughs> like, it's not that far. It's not that far. Just go to Louisville. You don't have to stay in Cleveland. There's nothing keeping you in Cleveland. It's an open, free society, okay? You don't have to root for those teams, but you like to suffer, and that's why you do it. I, so yeah. you can, that's the only way you feel something. I think that's the only way some Clevelanders feel something, is by taking L's. This feels like a Jan LeVenzant fix my life. And it feels like Ken is a Jan LeVenzant right now. <laughs> oh, man, that's the get, greatest reference this show has been on this show. Get together, Cleveland. Oh, my God, I love it. This show has been alive for 10 months, and that's the greatest reference that's been made on this show. Uh, Stone, what did you have on Cleveland baseball teams? No, it was actually what Dave had. Dave said, I have some stuff on Cleveland and a few of the uh, baseball teams that Ken had mentioned. And I was like, ooh, it sounds good. Put oh, like the, up. yeah, uh, but uh, what I'm saying is the Jim Tomey, Omar Vizquel's, uh, the, the, the Sandy Alomars, those teams that ruled the, uh, the 90s, they should have won a championship, and they didn't do it. And I understand that contributes to the misery, but that's, that's not my fault. It's, it's not my fault, and it's not like their teams are in last place all the time, okay? So that's all I'm saying about Cleveland. And here's the problem now. Cleveland has sucked up way too much time of the opening segment of the second hour. The second hour that, yes, Scott Day on Twitter does exist, okay? So we'll come back, and we'll get back on track, and I'm not talking about Cleveland anymore today. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Well, Keely, it happened. Ken Levick, Keely Ferguson, Ken Levick, alive here on ESPN 106.3. We have breaking NBA trade deadline news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. It actually, James Harden has legitimately done it again. He has forced his way out of another, off of another team. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, actually, I believe it was actually Shams who was the first to report this. Yeah, Shams reporting uh, from The Athletic, uh, and I'm reading from his Twitter, the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers finalizing a trade that sends James Harden to Philly for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and draft picks, sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. So James Harden, who all of a sudden... (laughs) we found out was unhappy 
again, in his situation. And Steve Nash, up until yesterday, is saying he hasn't said any of this stuff to me. Like, I'm just anticipating he's going to be here. And uh, we'll, we'll get things back on track because the, the Nets have, have lost nine in a row. Things will go back on track once Kevin Durant comes back after the All-Star break. No, apparently James Harden really did want out. And that means that Ben Simmons is off of Philadelphia's hands now. Um, and I, I don't know legitimately how this makes either team demonstrably better. Like, I, don't, I don't understand how this makes this demonstrably better uh, because this is a trade where everybody's chasing the heat right now. Mm-hmm. And the way the heat are constructed, and you heard Evan Cohen talk about it at 11.55, uh, his first show of the day, like maybe we see Duncan Robinson get traded today. I think the Heat definitely need help at the four. But Ben Simmons, an always miserable Ben Simmons, being teamed up with an always moody Kevin Durant. Is that a good thing? <laughs> and James Harden, how actually is he going to push the 76ers over the hump as a title contender here? I just, I don't see how this makes either team better than the heat other than these are big name stars and we're going to talk about it because there's storylines about and i don't even know at this point what does james harden want what do you what do yeah you, what, what is he, he looking wants? for <laughs> right right because uh, he you know we understood why he wanted out of okc right he wanted mm-hmm. to be a starter wanted yeah. to be the guy yeah but then houston that didn't appeal to him and the thing started to fall apart in Houston, but he was part of that problem, and so he goes to Brooklyn, and he gets with his boys, and he's KD and Kyrie. Has Kyrie made that whole situation so toxic that <laughs> nobody wants to be there anymore? <laughs> See, and this goes back to the point I was making about the pandemic and divorces. Yeah. <laughs> it started yeah. to show you who people were on either side, good, bad, or or indifferent. And it's like you thought the relationship was going to be one thing, and one thing, and then you realized it wasn't. And so, I, I mean... I, it feels like forever ago that he was actually in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Do, uh, do most people remember that? You're like, how long, how long ago was that? And we're on team number four right now? Right. I don't even know what you want. Do you know what you want? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what he wants. And, and Mike Greenberg, I thought yesterday, summed it up pretty nicely. Stone, if we could, if we could uh, pull that up from Get Up yesterday, Mike Greenberg was talking about James Harden and the, the, the news that, that, had really broken yesterday that James Harden really wanted out. And there was a story on ESPN.com this morning, front page, uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski that James Harden wanted out, and he was too afraid of public backlash to actually say something. Um, but it, it, it turns out there was enough momentum towards this to make it happen. But Mike Greenberg, I thought, said it really well on James Harden. Mike? No? Okay. Stone, when you find it, let me know. I blame we'll the Kardashians. To, you blame the Kardashians. Just saying. <laughs> they, <laughs> look, look, look to, 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 wait, hold up. Two of the three players we're talking about in this trade. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a great point. Ben Simmons, James yeah. Harden, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And, and, here, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you, when you look at this, it is, I, I, we always want to do the who won the trade. The, the the Nets taking on Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, draft picks, the Sixers getting James Harden, like it I suppose the Nets win, but Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him play since his postseason meltdown last year. Mm-hmm. And then his very public tantrum. 
And KD is not the happiest, go luckiest guy in the world, right? So when that's because y'all keep calling him sensitive. I know, I know. I, I honestly leave think, that man, leave KD alone. And he might fight Stephen A. Smith. Let I mean, him he, be sensitive. And get, what is wrong with that? Why can't he be sensitive? Now you know what he needs to do, though. I think I mentioned this a few shows ago. He needs to do like all these athletes need to do, particularly. You need to know thyself. You need yeah. to have self-awareness. And if yeah. you cannot handle the comments, hire a social media manager. Yeah, and without don't even question. Look, don't even look at the comments. Without question. Well, KD can't stop. Like He's addicted to social media. He is just addicted to it. But KD and Ben Simmons together, like that, I can see where Ben Simmons would benefit because he's not going to need to shoot outside of three and a half feet. But can, if things continue to go poorly for the Nets, how toxic could that end up getting? So I, I just, I don't, I don't know if either team comes out of this so much better that they're going to be a squad that has put themselves in a position to beat the Heat. Here's here's Mike Greenberg on on James Harden. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the circumstances of that are kind of specific. Like Kyrie's circumstances are specific. They're ridiculous, but they're specific. The circumstances with Simmons are specific. The circumstances with Harden are much more run-of-the-mill. He's unhappy, so he's tanking it. He's not trying. He's giving you no effort. Again, he has long since forfeited the benefit of the doubt on things like this. He blatantly did it in Houston. He's blatantly doing it now. And he's getting paid $44 million while it's happening. For some reason, that one galls me more than the other ones gall me, even though they gall me too. Yeah. I, I mean, what does James Harden want? <laughs> How did the Sixers give him a better chance at a title than the Nets? Was being around Kyrie or in that situation so frustrating that he didn't want to be around it anymore? Or does he just tire of being at places and it wants to jump and jump and jump? Because I I can't for the life of me, Keely, figure out what the issue with James Harden was here. It just seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. And, you, and you'll never figure it out like that. So, I mean, yes, They've lost nine in a row, but it's not as if they are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And to your point, yeah, you're not going to Miami, so everybody's chasing them. What about work it out? Yeah. At yeah. least at least give it more time than you gave it. They came a game away from the NBA Finals last year. And I I don't I don't know. And now Evan Cohen, and I I mean I trust all of his thoughts on this stuff. I mean, I just do. He he it lives it, he breathes it, and he just tweeted something that I thought was interesting. Uh, maybe the back end of this is a little more interesting than than the the first part, but Evan who you're going to hear again at 5:55 and I'm sure that he'll have plenty on this unless the Heat do something significant. I oddly love this for the Nets. I really do believe KD will unlock the greatness that is in Ben Simmons. I think this could be the beginning of the end of Embiid in Philly, not today, not tomorrow, but when it is over, we will look back at playing with Harden as a reason. How about that? that this is going to be good for the Nets because Ben Simmons isn't, in theory, going to have to worry much about doing anything on the outside. I don't quite know. Does Kyrie play off the ball now? Like When Kyrie can play, does Kyrie play off the ball and Ben Simmons handles the ball and you're just driving kick? But also, Embiid, I mean, he's always open about, hey, I'm happy or I'm not happy. How do him and Harden coexist? Is that a good pairing? I feel like no. Who does he pair with, though, at this point? Yeah, that's You know the what thing. I mean? Who, do, who does James that's Harden pair point. with well at, at this point? Because you've proven that not only 
is it very difficult for you to be happy when you're not happy you're gonna pout you're not you're saying this that's it this relationship is over and i'm not even gonna try to make it work and i'm gonna pout man james harden it it never fails it never fails i go james harden's unhappy again and he's being dealt like that's, that, that has been that has been his story now for like five years. Uh, it, it, Heat fans, are, are you feeling a little bit nervous now that two pivotal teams in the East have made a deal with one another? James Harden's going to Philly. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons teaming up with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Uh, does this make you nervous as a Heat fan that this could pit the Heat in a difficult spot in the playoffs, have these two teams made themselves better or at least one of them made themselves better to a point where you're worried about the heat in the playoffs? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And then at KLV1063 on Twitter. I just, I have to admit, Keely, I don't feel nervous about this. I don't. I need to see Ben Simmons who I haven't seen since the playoffs last year when he was scared to shoot one-footers and got called out publicly (laughs) Uh and then pouted and threw temper tantrums and wouldn't take his phone out of his pocket during practice in the preseason. I haven't seen him on the floor since all of those things. What is he? Where is he at mentally now? Kevin Durant, it's not like he's not demanding. Uh, And then James Harden, uh, him and Embiid, how is that going to work? I just think there's too many explosive elements to this to have either of these situations work. And that is why if you're a Heat fan, you're not at all concerned. No, I'm not concerned. <laughs> you know what I say? I say Heat and five. I still say, it's the mantra, Heat and five. Okay. Heat fans, are you nervous about this at all? James Harden, Joel Embiid, the Sixers, Ben Simmons, KD, the Nets, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us, KLV1063. That is the number to get in. Let me tell you about Brightline. Brightline Plus, a new way to get from point A to point B, car-free, care-free, and seamlessly get anywhere within a five-mile radius to and from Brightline stations in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West, uh, West Palm Beach. Book a ride on Brightline at Brightline Plus to get you to and from the station all in one app and all in one ticket. Go from home to the station to your final destination. Brightline Plus offers rides to and from the station with its eco-friendly options, including Teslas, e-shuttles, and even shared bikes. It's complimentary until the end of this month. And don't forget, ground is officially broken on the new Boca Raton Brightline station. And hey, Heat fans, when the Heat do play the 76ers in the playoffs, the only way to get to FTX Arena and see the Heat beat the Sixers or see the heat beat the nets is the buzzer beater train smarter way to get to the heat and skip traffic is bright line the buzzer beater train you can stay out of the last shot with bright lines buzzer beater train lets you skip traffic get to and from ftx arena so you're there in time for tip off you stay until the last buzzer it's a block and a half away from ftx arena Brightline, again, has broken ground in their new station in Boca. That'll be ready to go in less than a year. Trade tailgating for train gating on Brightline. That's Brightline. Use the Go Brightline app or GoBrightline.com. We'll come back. We'll continue to talk NBA. I want to see if Keeley knows half of the people that are in the All-Star Celebrity Game as well. We have a whole lot to do. Not a lot of time to do it, so let's get to it. Keeley Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. 
All right, Keely. <clears throat> Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. Ken Levicka live again. St. Lucie Battery entire breaking news. The deal actually happened. It actually happened. The 76ers and Nets right before today's trade deadline, which is, what, an hour and 20 minutes away? Yeah. Uh, James Harden uh, has decided eh, he just doesn't like his current team again for like the 17th <laughs> time in his career. Uh, he is being traded to the 76ers. He'll team up with Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, uh, who really hates Philadelphia, uh, he is on his way to, uh, to Brooklyn with Seth Curry um, at its face. At its face, Keely, as I've said, I, I don't, I'm not worried from a Heat standpoint because I haven't seen Ben Simmons since passing up on a dunk, Joel Embiid calling him out, uh, Simmons going AWOL in the offseason, then showing up to training camp and not wanting to take his phone out of his pocket and just pouting the whole time. I haven't seen him since that. So what is he going to be once him and KD start playing together, when Kyrie plays together, when Kyrie can't play when they go on the road, when KD comes back trying to come back from injury and they're trying to make up ground in the playoffs? Like How is that going to mesh together? I'm going to err on the side of it's going to have some problems. Then you have James Harden, who when things get tough, he tends to, and I'm going to use the Q word here, he tends to kind of quit, right? And that's why he's in Philadelphia now. Tends as opposed, to. Tends to, yeah. He's, he's, he's not in Brooklyn any longer. At its face, that's why I'm not concerned. This is where I am concerned with the Heat. From this standpoint, the Nets get the Sixers' 2022 first-round pick unprotected with a right to defer until 2023 and a 2027 first-round pick protected 1-8. to eight. That according to Adrian Wojnarowski, which means that I don't think the Nets are done. And then Woj tweeted two minutes ago, the Nets are still working to be aggressive in more deal-making today, armed with those two new first-round picks. So that, Keely, is where I get concerned because – they do have ammo now, in addition to a guy who, if he can defend, that is going to be helpful to the Nets in Ben Simmons at the very least, and they can go out and maybe get somebody that's going to make matchups with the Heat difficult. But it still seems like they're the, the way these teams are constructed, at least personality-wise, it's not going to necessarily play out this year. You see what I'm maybe saying? Maybe not. I don't maybe think not. they're going to challenge the, the Heat for the top spot th- this year. Yeah. What happens in training camp next year, that might be a different story. That we'll have to see, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But these are, you know, I I don't like using these these phrases because it's one of those prisoner of the moment, and it's very sports sports talk radio and TV cliche. You're right. But... These they feel like dumpster fires. Even when you even when you hear these big names, it's like y'all got some issues. Y'all got more issues than these reality TV people. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, I just, and having said that, I don't. This is nothing to worry about. Right? Calm down, Ken. We got to uh, get Ken to calm down because you know Ken. Ken gonna create a problem. Yeah, I, I know. I'm gonna talk myself in and out of this all day. I I always trust Bo in these spots, and I trust. I do trust the way that a this key roster is constructed, healthy. But it does sort of put the pressure on the Heat to to do something. Because think about it. With Brooklyn, you now have two ball handlers. That are that have playoff experience, Kyrie and Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons now can 
really focus in on, as Evan said, focus in on the driving kick and the things that he still does well. He can defend Kyrie when he plays. He's going to be someone who can attack the rim but also shoot from the outside. They do have Seth Curry now who can handle the point when Kyrie, when the Nets are on the road and Kyrie can't play. It's still ridiculous saying that, by the way. I mean, it's still <laughs> just the dumbest thing. Um, so it, it does make them, it makes them formidable. It makes them dangerous, and they've ridded themselves of a guy that didn't want to be there. But now James Harden, I wonder if you at least get the honeymoon push here with him. And look, I'm already trying to talk myself into the Heat being in trouble with uh-huh. teaming up, and Embiid's having one of his best seasons of his career. Like he's a legitimate badass this season. So I don't, I don't know. I'm I I still trust the Heat, but I feel like now there's a little bit of pressure, especially if the Nets keep going. But Heat fans, I'm curious: Are you nervous now with what the Nets are currently constituted as? And the 76ers, Harden with Embiid in Philly, and Ben Simmons with KD in Brooklyn. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. I'm still heating five. I'm still heating five, Keely, but I do feel like I reserve the right to, uh, to, to be nervous and get scared about this. Well, because you're kin. Yeah, yeah, And so sure. we're just going to let you have that. Uh, Captain but I Markich, don't think you need to be at all. Okay, at all. I, and I appreciate that, and you're making me feel good, and I, 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 I thank you. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kind of confidently still say Heat and Five. Captain Murica tweets, when was the last time Ben played a game? How did it go for him? He ever get help for the mental health situations he claimed to be going through? Funny how this trade makes all of that go away now, right? I bet he doesn't make the trip March 10th back to Philadelphia. Man. I didn't even think about that. They do play March 10th. And by the way, the Heat played the Nets on Saturday. Um, yeah, Ben Simmons might want to skip that trip, right? If, <laughs> if, if he already doesn't love the criticism that he has gotten for the last eight months in Philadelphia, probably shouldn't make that trip March 10th. But, they, I mean, that's a possible playoff matchup now. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. <laughs> Nets Sixers is going to be just total bloodbath stuff like crowds just out for for the absolute gore of the entire thing uh so again uh, the 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 big blockbuster trade in the nba the trade deadline is about an hour and 14 minutes away 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 and i know we're going to get to this late keely um but i have a um when we come back i have a a bit of helpful pr for athletes <laughs> I want to I want to make sure that I'm I'm putting out there into the universe. It just I'll do it free of charge. This is me out of the goodness of my soul oh, with some so some PR for professional athletes and really for any of you out there in society. She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel Five. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Lenny Bruce was one of the most groundbreaking and impactful comedians of all time. I have a, a reputation for being sort of controversial, but you might be interested in how I became offensive. Discover his story in this compelling, dramatic look at his life, career, and his many court battles championing freedom of speech. If anyone has found this obscene, you're full of blonde, I hope you never get your blonde blood again. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce, starring Ronnie Marmo and directed by Tony Award-winning actor Joe Montaigne at the Kravis Center, February 18th through 20th. I promise continuity I'll behave myself. This performance has critics raving. 
For tickets, visit Kravis.org. Here is a very shocking comedian, the most shocking comedian of our time, a young man who is skyrocketing to fame, Lenny Bruce. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. After all of that, after the Brooklyn Big Three, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Keeley, just guess how many games together they played. Oh, goodness um let's see well Kyrie can't play half of them <laughs> where right. are we we're right. 60 games in somewhere around 60 games in so yeah and then there was last season that. oh and then we got to count last season um yeah. let's say 25 <laughs> lower oh wow 16 in almost two full seasons oh, wow. Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving and James Harden played 16 games together incredible I mean, we'll we'll never see anything like it again in the NBA. And it might be now, for all of the crap the Heat got, that's far and away the most successful big three that probably will ever exist. And now it's become the biggest advertisement for why not to put together a big three. Because that that was an unadulterated failure. The the James Harden, Katie, Kyrie Irving big three. And they got deep into an Eastern Conference final. And it's still going to go down as as a failure now you also have to pay attention to the lakers because speaking of seasons that are quickly getting away uh whatever that is with the lakers this year uh they are potentially going to uh have to make some big time moves today and all of the blame is being thrown on russell westbrook all of the blame is being thrown on russell westbrook so i'd be surprised if he was a laker by the end of the day because it's just not sustainable and and speaking of not sustainable actually watching full lakers games apparently keely friday night lights watched all of the lakers and blazers last night why why stone why did you do that okay so well they <laughs> traded tj mccollum away so there the was, blazers did the, i mean the blazers did so there was to new orleans n- there was nobody left on that portland roster the starting they're like a ymca team dude it was really really what bad what time is that game over stone it was over at like midnight isn't that the great thing about being young, though? He can still That's do stuff like That's what I was thinking. Like I was like, Stone's under 30, so he's yeah. like, oh, man, I'm not midnight. Even half, I'm not even halfway to 30. But seriously, so... Thank so, you, Stone. Ooh, <laughs> why don't you brag about it, jackass? Goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> I, w- I was interested in the lineup that Portland was going to put out there. And when they put the lineup side-by-side in the pregame broadcast, it was C.J. Ellaby, who we don't know. It was Joseph <laughs> Nurkic. It was Anfri Simmons, who, again, none of us know. Yeah. And I I'm not even <laughs> sure who the four was. I, like, I, and, <laughs> never seen that man before. I've never seen him, and that's what the, the commentators that? were joking about it. Like, you know, I don't know who these guys are. And, the one, and then the one guy proceeded to say, you know, the Portland organization is in a bad state right now. This is really not NBA. <laughs> this is not an NBA lineup. Like, uh-huh. It's not NBA-level lineup. And then like, four quarters later, yes. it was 107-105 Portland. Yes. And then four quarters late, later, the Lakers managed to lose and just yeah. play horrible. And I, I, yeah. I wanted to watch for that reason. I was like, they're going to manhandle these guys, right? Like, these guys shouldn't be on the court. And they lost the game. Uh, so you were just being a weirdo. Yeah. It was, oh, okay. Uh-huh. I thought. Uh, so you were just being a weirdo. Yeah, I was just being a weirdo. I mean, I always watch the Lakers, and I, and I love watching LeBron and everything. But no, of course not. <laughs> 
How'd you like his six turnovers last it night? It was so bad, man. And he's yeah. just getting more bald, too. Like, the, the camera's on the back of his head. He's just turning the ball bald. over. He's bald. old. I know. He's, the he's not old. King. He's old. Keely, I'm getting mad at Stone. Between the, well, I'm, actually, know, I'm not even halfway to 30 yet. I'm not even halfway to my 20s yet. I'm bald. Some bald spots. Myself. So, he so works yeah, every it's like, you can't, you can't help. I mean, yeah. people cannot help when yeah. they start losing their I, I mean, I'm the one. I'm the, I'm bald myself. No, you did. You voluntarily did that. You cut your hair off. I'm the one who's balding. You work with me every day, and I'm offended, and I demand a <laughs> social media apology. You guys have to see your moms about that. Allegedly, it comes from it your does. mom's dad. 100% yeah, yeah. comes from my wow. mom. Which my, means uh, my son is good, because my, oh, really? my dad has a head full of hair, oh, and he's man. 74. Yeah, my uh he grew, my He grew braids like two years ago. I was like, what are you Doing really? Wow. Oh, that's yes. badass. Yeah, my uh, it's a mess. My, I'm like, my do grandfather... you think you're an NBA player? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you? But you know what? It's bold. I like that. You might as well do it while you while you can. My yeah. uh, my father, uh, my grandfather, uh, uh, the the father of my mother. Yeah, definitely was really bald, and I knew what has been coming for quite some time, <laughs> and so I'm fine with it now. Um, I do want to give a free PR lesson here, okay? Yes. And I am um, I'm someone who's been in media for quite some time, uh, going all the way back to 2006. And I've seen some things, and I've had colleagues who have said dumb things. I've said dumb things. I've had to apologize for things. I've seen others apologize for things. But there's, there is one name that I'm going to try to push all of you to just not reference if you're trying to make a point on something, okay? Uh, and this especially goes for athletes because it's just going to get you in trouble because it's very easy for people to fly off the handle and to become angry because this is a name that's extremely divisive, if you will. This is just friendly advice from one person to another. Don't mention the name Adolf Hitler, okay? Like just, just don't do it. It's not a good idea. There's no way that you're going to say it and try and make a salient point in someone and everyone's going to say, ah, you know what, I'm right on. Just don't, don't mention Adolf Hitler. And that brings me to Washington Commander's defensive tackle, Jonathan Allen. Apologizing for a since-deleted tweet in which he said Adolf Hitler was one of three people living or dead with whom he'd like to have dinner. Allen is also the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner for the Washington Commanders. Someone on Twitter asked him during an Ask Me Anything, um, what three people, dead or alive, would you want to have dinner with? Allen responded by saying, quote, my granddad, Michael Jackson, and Adolf Hitler. When asked to explain Hitler, he said in a tweet, also since deleted, quote, he's a military genius, and I love military tactics, but honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I've chosen to have answer all of my questions do so honestly. Predictably, Keeley, later in the day, Alan tweeted, quote, Earlier, I tweeted something that probably hurt people, and I apologize about what I said. I didn't express properly what I was trying to say, and I realized it was dumb. End quote. So here is, here's my advice. Do not invoke the name of Adolf Hitler. Just don't do it because it's going to be problematic for you. Keely, that's my free piece of advice. So here's my challenge to you. Okay. Tell me what he said that was wrong. Not what was upsetting. Tell me okay. what he said that was wrong. If he, okay, first of all, I just would have found another name other than Adolf Hitler. I get you. I can, I can, okay. Okay. I'm with you on that. Like it's it's like the people who are asked, "Oh, if um if you had a time machine, what would you do?" And these people say, 
oh, I'd go back and kill baby Hitler. Like, no, just don't do it. Don't invoke that, okay? Here's where Jonathan Allen gets into trouble. Mm -hmm. Again, one, he didn't have to use Adolf Hitler. He also didn't have to... Uh, didn't have to volunteer. He's a military genius, and I love military tactics. Like, And then he said... I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. Okay, that at least is defensible. Again, using my tried-and-true method of not even mentioning Hitler, but say he didn't go that route, he defied me, fine. Leave it at that. But we didn't have to prop him up. As a military genius, mm-hmm. okay? And that's where people that. start to get angry. Any compliment, anything that even is deemed complimentary to Adolf Hitler, if you're going to make a mistake and invoke that name, probably not a good idea. Like, is that fair? Well, uh, because here is just what, what my question would be. Where are we, if we're supposed to be about tolerance and inclusivity, why can't you ask questions? How are we going to learn if yeah. we don't ask questions? People just get mad now, and pe- that's why Whoopi Goldberg's off the air for two weeks. Because what she said, while it may not, may, while it may have been in poor taste, it's it, there was a um, a rabbi that came out afterwards and said, "This is not time for cancellation. This is time for uh, counseling or something like that." Yeah. Basically, we sh- we should talk about this. We should have a conversation about why this is this and why this is that. So okay. why can't we do? Because I think there is a there's a difference between Joe Rogan and Whoopi Goldberg. Like I have a friend that feels like they're not different. They're, that's different because yeah. I, I, because Stones looking at me like how are they different? Here's how they're different. One, you know, you just know that because there's no reason to say it. You're saying you're saying it for what? For laughs? For what? Another thing, you're trying to say something as what you feel like is a teachable moment. But you didn't right. have the correct so facts. Okay, here's, what I, here's what I would say to that. If you're going to delve into something that is going to require a critical conversation, make damn sure you understand it enough to a point where you can present the question or present the point in a clear way in which there is no possible way in which it can be misconstrued because that is what got Whoopi Goldberg in a whole lot of trouble because the way she presented it came off as one thing even though I, I believe she was intending another thing. And here with Jonathan Allen, if <laughs> one, again, this is this is PR 101 with your good friend, mm-hmm. Kat right. Don't mention Hitler. But you can't do that as teachable moments. You can't get it right. If it's supposed to be a teachable moment. All right, well, you know well, what I'm saying? Well, you have to me, mess up for, mm, to be yeah, taught something. Well, let me teach Jonathan Allen then. If he's listening, <laughs> I'll just teach Jonathan <laughs> Allen right now. This is the teachable moment. Uh, one, don't invoke Hitler. Two, if you want to ask a question about Hitler, uh, don't um, don't compliment him. There. Teachable moment. I, I, just I, get, him. That. I get that. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with you on your first point, but I agree with you on your second point. If he's saying... I want to have dinner because I want to pick this person's brain and know why you did what you did. I don't understand. I, I, I just don't understand why that that part is a bad thing. Not yeah. the not the genius okay. part. That other part. Okay, that's no, that's I'm fair. I, and 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 I think that that humanity would obviously really love to know uh, why Hitler did what he did. I choose to think it's because he was just well, evil. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's a good place to start. Uh, but also, anybody who reads a history book knows that uh, he wasn't exactly. A, a military genius. So, Jonathan Allen, who hasn't quite paid attention to what happened in World War II, even invoking Hitler, not a good idea. Adding the compliment, 
bad. And that's what we do, Keely. We teach. We teach on this show. That is us helping him learn. And I'm glad we did that because I think it's important. Keely, I uh, I adore you. I appreciate you. We'll do this again Thursday. And uh, we'll be in the same place finally on Thursday, okay? Oh, yay. Good. <laughs> and I will be here. Um, so Keely and I are going to go and uh, root for Matt Stafford. Um, I uh, I am going to go get my my Rams face paint on, get ready for the weekend, and uh, we'll see if Keely, depending on the rooting interest of her husband, stays with Matt Stafford or decides <laughs> if her husband wants Joe Burrow to win, she switches allegiances to Joe Burrow on Sunday. Friday Night Lights, Stone Lebanowitz. Uh, I'm curious to see what pointless West Coast NBA game he's going to watch tonight. We'll get an update from him tomorrow. I'm Ken Lavica. I've been live on ESPN 106. Three. Bye-bye now.